Good evening and welcome to worship this evening at Romford Baptist Church. It is good to have you here. My name is Ian, I'm one of the pastors here and Jan, another of our pastors, will be preaching later in this service. You are really welcome. We come out of the busyness of our Sunday and maybe you have been going 100 miles an hour today. Now's the time to slow down and focus our minds on God. Hear these words. This is the place and this is the time, here and now, God waits. To break into our experience, to change our minds, to change our lives, to change our ways, to make us see the world and the whole of life in a new light. To fill us with hope, joy and certainty for the future. This is the time, this is the place as in all our places, this is the time as we are all times, here and now. Let us praise God. Our first hymn, Waiting for You. Let us come before God in prayer together, let us pray. And Lord, our Heavenly Father, we just thank you. Because, Lord, you are in our place, in this place where each of one of us find ourselves and you are here waiting for us. That you can speak into our lives, that you can show yourself in your majesty and your glory to us again. Thank you, Lord, that your hand is upon our lives. And Lord, at this time and in this place, we pray we will know your hand upon us, you coming close to us, you reaching down to us. Come close to us, Lord, in this great time of worship as we recognise you afresh as our Lord, our Saviour, our King, our Redeemer. Lord, at this time, in this place, still our minds, that we can see ourselves as we are and see you as you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our next song talks about God being a faithful God. Faithful one. And so, Lord, you are our rock. You are the one in whom we put our hope and our trust. And out of the busyness of our lives, we want to get again state that you are a faithful one, so unchanging. And so, Lord, with our hearts open and our voices raised, we again declare as all heaven declares, the glory of the risen Lord. Hopefully you have received a notice sheet that tells you all that's going on at Romford Baptist Church and do join us for our prayer meeting during the week and the things going on. This Wednesday, we have a Wednesday off 
just a pause between the well-being course that went so well and we enjoyed and our new course and I want to tell you about that new course that course that helps us to understand when maybe we feel we haven't got all the answers we want maybe you do feel sometimes that you have not had God answer the prayer as you wanted our next course is uh, the prayer course too. We enjoyed doing the prayer course towards the end of last year. Many got loads out of that course. Well, we're doing the second one and I recommend it to you. And it's based upon this book by uh, Peter Grieg and God on Mute, Engaging the Silence of Unanswered Prayer. It's going to help us to wrestle through the issues of prayer that is not answered. And what does that mean? Does that mean God's forgotten us or what's going on? Maybe you want to get this book in advance and start reading it. Let me encourage you to do that. It includes 40 days devotional in it. Or maybe you want to just come to the course and take part. We will beginning, be beginning it on Wednesday week and it will be on Zoom so everyone can come. And we encourage you to be a part of that course on that evening. We do thank you for your continual support and giving to the church during this COVID times, enabling us to maintain our ministries of food bank and outreach and youth and children's work and doing the services and all that goes on within the life of the church. Let's give thanks to our God for our gifts. Lord, we thank you that you have enabled us to give to you. And Lord, we bring you again our gifts of money, but also our gifts of our time and our talents. And we pray, Lord, that you will use them all for your glory. Take our gifts, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to slow down now for a moment as we spend some time in intercessory prayer. But before we do, we're singing those words based upon that great psalm, Psalm 46. Be still for the presence of the Lord, the Holy One is here. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are a faithful God and that we can declare your goodness. And Lord, now in this moment of prayer, as we have just sung, we know that no work is too hard for you. 
And so, Lord, at this time, we come with our big prayers. Our prayers that are beyond our understanding to say, Lord, please strengthen us, help us, and may our prayers be answered. We start, Lord, for praying for ourselves. Lord, as we come out of lockdown as a nation, as we see new freedoms and new steps being taken, Lord, we pray that we will know your strength. Lord, we pray into our lives, again we will hear your calling upon them. That we will know what, Lord, you have called us to be and do in this world. Lord, as we pray, we pray with open minds and hearts that you will hear and you will speak to us about our priorities, about that which we should be doing. And Lord, we pray for our walk with you, that Lord, we will walk closer with you. We will walk with you as disciples. Lord, we bring you our prayers, knowing no work too hard for you. Lord, as we pray for ourselves, we pray for the church. As the church comes out of lockdown, as new activities begin, as we seek new people coming, to, coming in to volunteer and be a part of the ministries of the church, Lord, we pray that we will come out of lockdown and we will start to reach people afresh with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We will, we will do new things that we haven't even thought of yet, Lord, that your hand will be upon us. Lord, as we look at the needs of this community around us, as we look at the needs of the young people particularly around us, Lord, we pray that you will just guide us, guide your church. Lord, we pray for our community. Lord, in a week that's just seen the elections taking place for the Mayor of London, for the members of the Assembly, for councillors across the country, Lord, we pray for all who have been elected. Lord, we pray that as they seek to take up office, they will do so knowing your hand upon them and they will govern and work with dignity. Lord, that they will live lives that are worthy of their standing in the community. Lord, we pray for our nation, a nation that has been through a lot, as many nations have, and Lord, we continue to pray for it. And we pray for our government, we pray for those in opposition, that Lord, they will carry out their service in a way that helps all people, particularly the most vulnerable and those in the most need. And Lord, we pray for your world. 
for nations such as India that have seen the pandemic hit so hard that, Lord, the numbers are beyond our understanding of those who are ill and dying from COVID. And Lord, we pray for the government. We pray, Lord, for the vaccine process out there, that, Lord, something will happen to stop this in its tracks and a new beginning happen for that country. Lord, we pray for ourselves. We prayed for your church. Prayed for our nation. We prayed for your world. And Lord, now, in this moment of quiet, we also bring those we know who need a touch from you. In Jesus' name, we bring our prayers and we now have the Lord's Prayer sung. And so we come to our reading, and you know, I'm reading from the book of Proverbs and several sections that Jan has asked me to read this evening. Starting to read at Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 18. Whoever conceals hatred with lying lips 
and spreads slander is a fool. Sin is not ended by multiplying words, but, by, but the prudent holding their tongues. The tongues of the righteous is choice silver, but the heart of the wicked is of little value. The lips of the righteous nourish many, but the fools die for lack of sense. And then we're going across to chapter 11 and verse 11. Through the blessing of the upright, a city is exalted, but the mouth of the wicked is destroyed. Whoever derives their neighbour has no sense, but the one who has understanding holds their tongue. A gossip betrays a confidence, but a trustworthy person keeps a secret. And then we're jumping right through to chapter 26 and reading from verse 17. Like one who grabs a stray dog by the ears is someone who rushes into a quarrel, not their own. Like a maniac shooting flaming arrows of death is the one who deceives their neighbour and says, I was only joking. Without wood, a fire goes out. Without gossip, a quarrel dies down. As charcoals to embers, as wood to fire, so is a quarrelsome person for kindling strife. The words of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down to the inmost parts. We pray God will give us understanding of this reading as Jan comes to preach. Sticks and stones may break your bones, but words can never hurt you. We've heard that saying, haven't we? But it's not true. How many times have we said something and later wished that could be unsaid, it could be undone, it could be taken back. Or even as we're speaking, we see ourselves digging a hole and it's getting deeper and deeper and we don't know how to get out of it. Sometimes when we're digging a hole, it can end with a lot of laughter and you realise and everybody else realises that you've just been digging and people tell you, stop digging. More often than not though, unfortunately, careless words or how we phrase something it ends up hurting. It ends up causing real harm. We never meant maybe for hurt or harm to happen, but it does. And the memories in my life which make me cringe the most are those where I have got it really wrong, where I've said the wrong thing or I've said it in the wrong way and ways which have ended up hurting or been caused distress, they've caused arguments, they've been ambiguous. And they're the memories that are stuck in my mind of how I've used words so badly at times. And as I was writing this sermon, I was sitting in our spare room and suddenly a huge noise of the birds outside was to be heard. They were going crazy. Something was clearly after them. It was bothering them. And it was a really disturbing kind of noise. And then a crow joined in. The crow, 
that was what the problem was. He must have been after their young where they were nesting and they were frightened and trying to frighten him off. And it made me think that sometimes isn't that what the world is a little bit like? It can go crazy and everybody wants their voice to be heard and then suddenly there's a really aggressive, loud, angry kind of voice in it. And often that is the one that ends up being heard. That is the one that gets their own way because of their aggression, because of their strength. But it's not necessarily the right voice at all. Most often, in fact, it isn't. Words have power. We can tear down or we can build up with our words. We can heal or we can hurt. We can manipulate or we can mold. We can bring love or we can bring war with our words. In day-to-day circumstances, when we open our mouths, it also reveals something much deeper than just the words that are coming out. It reveals what's going on often in our own hearts, whether we've got good or bad in our hearts. And as I introduce tonight's topic, this topic about proverbs and wisdom from above, the way that we speak, I wonder what comes to your mind. When you think about words, Do you immediately cast your mind back to when you've blessed somebody, when you've encouraged them, when you've come alongside them, when your words have been good for them? Or does your mind take you to a time when you've misused words and you've caused hurt or strife or anger? And when you think of other people, what kind of words have impacted your life? Have they been words that have blessed you Words that have encouraged you, maybe pushed you on and and helped you to grow? Or is it people's words that have caused you pain, maybe tore you apart? As with smells and places, words form a really strong part of our memory. The words that come out of a person often form a large part of our opinion of that person. So if a person's words are encouraging and they, you might have positive feelings towards them. If a person makes you laugh with the things that they say, then when you think about them, you probably think about them with a smile on your face. If they're words from someone you love, like a husband or wife, then their words have probably impacted you so you feel warm towards them, you feel secure, you feel safe with that person. But what about if a person has been angry towards you or hurt you? Then we probably have a different opinion of that person. We remember those words. We remember the pain they caused and we're angry or distrustful of that person. We don't want them near us. Or if there's been words of gossip from a certain person in a group, you might decide that you're not going to share any of your secrets with that person because you know they're unlikely to be safe. Words form memories and they shape our opinions of other people. Interestingly, and perhaps not so unsurprisingly, in Proverbs, there's more individual proverbs about the tongue and its use than about any other topic. And so tonight, I want us just to consider a few of those verses. In the very first verses that we read from Proverbs, chapter 10, verses 18 to 21, we're immediately introduced to a variety of different types of speech. So it talks about hatred, lies, gossip, sinful chatter, 
a few wise words, valuable words or worthless words, words that benefit or words that are useless. Our words, our speech are powerful tools which can be a blessing or can cause harm. I wonder as you reflect back over the past week, and I encourage you to do so, how you would consider the majority of your conversations. What have your conversations been like with your family? Have they been filled with love, with nurture and guidance, encouragement, support, wisdom? Or have your words with your family been filled with anger and arguments, words that are undermining or hurtful? How have you used your words with those you're closest to? It's not something we're often comfortable talking about, is it? What happens behind closed doors stays behind closed doors. Actually, it doesn't because it impacts those people with whom we are having a relationship. And often those we love the most are those who get the really raw of us, aren't they? They see the best of us and they certainly see the worst of us when we're tired and stressed. Now, I've recently enjoyed re-watching Super Nanny on TV. I don't know if anyone else does, and that is one of the problems of preaching to a camera. I have absolutely no response back, and for all I know, not a single one of you might ever have watched the programme, but I'm hoping some of you might have. But if you haven't, let me tell you a little bit about it. One of the reasons I like watching it is because I like to try and glean some helpful parenting tips, as well as seeing that perhaps our family isn't quite so wild as sometimes I fear it might be. Anyway, basically, Jo Frost, who is the super nanny, she's invited into the homes of some very brave families to come and sort them out because their families are really struggling. They're normally completely out of control. They haven't got a clue what to do next. And so Joe goes in and spends the first day observing. She watches what they're doing. She watches how they interact, watching how they live. And she might ask a few questions, but mainly she's working out what needs to be done to restore order, to restore respect, to bring love back into those homes. So often in these homes, all good communication has broken down. The children are screaming and going wild. The parents are yelling back and crying. It's mayhem. Words are being used without hardly any thought. Words that are tearing down. Words that are trying to hurt. Words that are trying to control and they're being shouted as loudly as possible at each other. Words have power. And words in our homes have power too. What have the words in our homes been like over this past week? What have we said? Or maybe even worse, what have we refused to say? Our families can get the worst of us. What have your families heard from you this week? Has your home been filled with love and wisdom or pain and anger? Maybe there isn't a family within your home but actually, for all of us, our words outside our house are also equally important. And I wonder how you've used those words this week. Have you picked up a phone to bless and encourage a friend? Or have you not made the time? 
Have we had a good laugh with colleagues, but when we step back and reflect on what we've talked about and laughed about, actually it's been pretty coarse. It's not been something that is beautiful. Or have we managed to hold our tongue when we're in a group of friends and there's lots of gossip going on? Our words have so much power for doing good or for causing harm. How have you used your words this week? How have I used my words this week? What is really clearly spelled out in Proverbs is the relationship between our speech and our hearts. And Jesus picks this up in Matthew chapter 12, verses 33 to 37. If you have a Bible handy, grab it. Let's have a little read. In Matthew 12, 33 to 37, it says this. This is the words of Jesus. Make a tree good and its fruit will be good. Or make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognised by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. But I tell you that everyone who will, everyone will give, sorry, but I tell you everyone will have to give account on the day of judgment for every empty word they've spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. That's pretty stark, isn't it? They're the words of Jesus himself. What we are inside, in our hearts, in our minds, is what then reveals itself in our speech, particularly when we are passionate about something. That verse, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And that is why our daily walk with God is just so very important. As we spend time with God, so we ask him to shape us, to change us, to mould us. As we allow the Holy Spirit to work in our hearts, so he fills us with his fruit to refine us and to change us. As we ask the blood of Jesus to wash us from our sins, so we use our quiet times to allow God into our hearts, we reflect on his word, we respond to his word, we recognise in ourselves our huge need of him. And it's as we read God's word so we can be changed as we respond to it. We read verses like we just did just that moment ago, which we meditate on and take through our day. They're with us, they transform our minds by renewing them through the Holy Spirit's work in us. Our times with God alone, with his word, being still before him, begin to shape us. They begin to change us. Our hearts become his throne as we worship him and as we submit to our Father, so he pours his Holy Spirit into our lives, filling us with himself. We can try all the self-help books and all the courses in the world, But it's only with God's help that there's real change to our hearts. It's God who can make those changes happen. And reading those words of Jesus that feel so stark in Matthew's gospel, I so want to be like that good tree. I want to bear good fruit. I want to be planted and grounded deeply into Christ. I want to be filled with his streams of living water so that my heart, my mind, and ultimately my speech can be filled with treasure 
and richness that is the blessings that he pours and builds up in us. But so often, I'm not like that. It's hard, isn't it? It's not always easy. My tongue still gets carried away in all kinds of ways, in all different wrong directions at times. And that is where I want us to consider one final passage tonight. So turn with me to James chapter 3. In James chapter 3, it says this, Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouths of horses horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they're so large and are driven by strong winds, they're steered by a very small rudder, wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It's a restless evil full of deadly poison. Doesn't sound very hopeful at the moment, does it? With the tongue, we praise our Lord and God the Father. And with it, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in humility that come from wisdom. But if you harbour bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. Our tiny tongues, they can have such a huge impact, can't they? Our words have power for good or for evil. I've written this sermon and preaching it a week ahead of time. And in the news all this week, it's been questioning the integrity of our leaders and in particular the Prime Minister. I don't know where we'll be in 10 days time when you listen to this sermon. Fortunately, I never seem to get to watch the news live these days. So when we get to something I don't want to watch, I can just fast forward it. I've done a lot of fast forwarding this week. The news is full of gossip, hearsay, rumours being leaked by Dominic Cummings and other people joining in about the Prime Minister Boris Johnson. Boris doesn't have the greatest reputation in the world. 
And he certainly is like a bull in a china shop at times, clumsy in his speech and actions. But who knows the truth? What does annoy me is the news channels themselves and how they absolutely are loving it. They love spreading this kind of news, of painting bleak pictures of people's characters, of raising questions of integrity, of getting people embroiled in arguments. I have to say I have done a lot of fast forwarding of the news over this past week. But lies, gossip, slander, hatred, anger, our world seems absolutely full of it. And it feels like even the top leaders down to anybody just absolutely seems to grab it and get involved and love it. I think it's so sad. We as Christians are called to be people who are different. James talks about controlling our tongues, about taming it, about using it in truth and to give praise and thanks. James tells us that our, our tongues should be used for sweetness, to give wisdom and understanding, to be filled with humility, to be pure, to be peaceful, to be gentle and friendly, full of compassion, justice, goodness, truth. And looking back at our original verse, verses in Proverbs, it adds other words like our tongues should nourish, our words should be like pure silver, they should bring blessing. We need to keep control of what we say and what we share. Our words have power for good or for evil. And our words reveal what our hearts are really like. My prayer for myself this week and for each person listening is that we should give God our time to allow him to come in and to rule over every part of our hearts and our lives so that what we say comes from that place. I pray that he would directly speak to us through his word, that we would make the effort to meditate on his promises, that the Holy Spirit would transform and renew us into God's image and out of this place, out of our worship for God, that this would be the wellspring from which each one of us would speak. May we know God's refreshing and taming in our hearts, our lives, our minds and our tongues and our words this week. Amen. We're going to sing a prayer, take my life and let it be.
take my voice and let me sing, always only for my king. Take my lips and let them be filled with messages from thee. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit fill our hearts, our minds, our words this week. Amen.